This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of emotional labor and transphobia in the queer community. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. And welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jen. My name is CJ, according to the state of New Jersey, and we are your co-conspirators in plotting whatever the heck it is this gender straight people think it is we're doing. Now, CJ, what's on the buy schedule for today? Uh, today we'll be talking with Vincent, and then we're going to play a game of your uh, machination. Okay. <laughs> Machination, I like it. Yeah, well, but sometimes you gotta throw out the SAT words so like people know that you're legit. That makes it sound so much more complex than <laughs> what we actually are doing today. <laughs> we get to the end and it's just like, cool, we've had a great interview. Jen, lead us in the game. And you're like, you have to solve these riddles to open the chamber door to <laughs> meet the goblin. <laughs> or I'll just be like, Tag, you're right, and then I'll run as far away from the microphone as I can. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. So, hi, Vincent. Hello. Tell us a little about you. Well, I am um, a queer and genderqueer person living in Philadelphia. Um, mm-hmm. I currently am the coordinator of the LGBTQ Center, the Mark David LGBTQ Center at the Community College of Philadelphia, and a drag queen named Barry Tyler Moore. Which is just very so good. good. <laughs> Want to lead us on your queer journey? What what got you here? Oh, goodness. How much time do we have? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> a podcast length time. <laughs> Just go for it. So I'll give you the cliff notes. Um, so I came out as bisexual when I was in, um, in college mm-hmm. and then came out as gay when I was further along in college mm-hmm. and then came out as queer when I was in... Um, grad school mm-hmm. and then now as an adult living in the quote-unquote real world I came out as genderqueer so it's just kind of been like a series of coming out throughout my life as things have changed um, I've moved all over the United States I've lived in Chicago New York metro area Boston metro area Los Angeles now Philly that was not an order for some reason, <laughs> but I've just kind of lived all over. And I feel like everywhere I've lived, I've met different people, learned a little bit more about myself and Philly. I've definitely become gayer, even though I no longer <laughs> use the term gay to describe myself. Yeah. I was going to ask about that, like uh, your uh, path to finding like specific terminology. Like I see the bridge between identifying as bisexual versus identifying as gay. What led you then to... Uh, the word queer? Um, It just, I don't know, I feel like I just had so many, like, not relationships, but just kind of attractions and friendships with people who were trans, Mm -hmm. um, that I just felt like um, gay was just kind of restrictive, considering there were so many gender Mm -hmm. identities that are not, like, just men that I'm attracted to. Sure. So it was like, queer just seems to fit much better. And then um, 
I didn't even realize that I was genderqueer until I went to the trans wellness conference last year. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm at home. Like there's all these people who are just like me and I never had like the vocabulary to describe it. (laughs) It's very relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Considering (laughs) through the process of talking to queer people through this podcast that like both of us confirmed that journey, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I had started the journey yes. prior to the podcast, but then, like, the podcast sort of, like, put into words the feels, and then, like, as we were starting the podcast, you were like, oh, wait, hey. <laughs> Me too, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's important to, like, be around other queer people, and, like, or at least to, like, see other queer people, see what they're doing, so yeah. it's like, you can find your own experience in that as well. Yeah. And the strange thing is like, I was totally aware of all these concepts, but it was just kind of like an aha moment because I had been like for years had been painting my fingernails, Mm. um, had been like um, wearing more feminine clothing, more like, like flowy cardigans, that kind of stuff. Love the flowy cardigan. Yeah. I just love that. Um, So it was just kind of a very strange thing to like, uh, just be like, Oh yeah, I'm not trans because I'm not like, fully trans so therefore I can't like claim that identity <laughs> right. um so I'm just like non-conforming and I'm like a cis guy who just like likes nail polish and makeup <laughs> and clothing right and then I was like oh like gender queer is a thing and that could, actually describes who I am and like it really fit with me hmm. that's lovely uh, so now, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you work a lot in like queer education, correct? Yeah. So um, at Community College of Philadelphia, a lot of what I do is um, educating staff and faculty on how to work with queer, genderqueer, LGBTQ oh. folks. Within the college or just like? Mostly within the college. So um, I mean, a, a, I started to do a lot of student programming. Like one of the first things I did was a huge drag show, which actually it was a great turnout. We had a hundred people come out and nice. even though it was on, they're like, you can't do something on a Thursday night. No one's going to come to it. You have to have food or no one's going to come to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't do either of those things. We had a hundred people come out and it was a great event. Oh. Um, but what I started noticing was a lot of what was happening as far as like students coming to my office and like asking about services mm-hmm. was a lot of trans students trying to figure out how they could change their name on their transcripts or their ID. Right. Um, people facing discrimination and microaggressions within the classroom. Mm -hmm. And so I really shifted a lot of my focus to training staff and faculty on how to be respectful of LGBTQ folks in the classroom and in their offices. Cool. I actually Uh, started a customer service specific training for trans folks. (laughs) Oh, that's excellent. (laughs) As a trans folk working in customer (laughs) service. So what specifically does it entail to train like college staff members on these issues? Like, what does that look like? Well, a lot of them are really academic. And so when you show them like the studies and all of the, the like, okay, here's all these studies that show that like biological sex is not as straightforward as we think it is. And mm-hmm. then here's all these studies around like gender. And they're like, oh, like we didn't realize that it was like this complicated and we just like believed all the things that we heard in the news and yeah um, a lot of it is really willful ignorance so it's like the well I didn't know and I wasn't really sure and like I didn't want to ask because I didn't want to be rude Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I'm just like well you didn't like decide to google it like you didn't care that much I guess to like really look it up so I really actually in all my presentations I talk about willful ignorance and how when you don't know something if you actually care about the people who are impacted by that topic, then it's your responsibility as an ally to really do the research and look it up and not put the burden on queer and trans folks to do the education for you. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially like in an academic environment or like a job environment, like putting the burden on like your trans students or trans colleagues or things like that, then sort of gets into like iffy car- car- or territory rather, because it's like, well, how do I correct this person while maintaining like professional dynamics and stuff like that? Like, how can I properly address these issues while still remaining professional or like while still maintaining this sort of like teacher student power dynamic Mm -hmm. uh that can be really complicated and like Mm -hmm. it's really hard to correct someone on your own behalf a lot of the time yes and one thing i've noticed with cis people is that they don't understand like how like awful it is to be misgendered and how like that feels yeah and like how hard it is to really correct someone in that moment to like really draw more attention to it Mm -hmm. and so when you don't correct them every single time, they start to think, well, maybe they weren't like that serious about it or they're not that important. Yeah. And then they just kind of forget about it. So like you really have to correct them and then keep correcting them until they get it right all the time. Yeah. Which is just like a frustrating thing to begin with. Yeah. And then, and wouldn't the preferable option then be just allies do the work to like remember their shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why also every one of my trainings has a section on how to be an ally. And it, yes. it includes how to apologize. Mm. Ooh, a very good skill. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. I included that um, when I came out at, like, I work at a nonprofit theater. And, like, when I came out to them, like, part of the, that was also, like, giving them a guide on what to do if they mess up. Because it's, like, you are. Yeah. Everybody does. Like, I mess up. Yeah, exactly. And I use they, them pronouns. Like, yeah. I accidentally used the wrong pronouns for one of my friends who I knew their pronouns and I just don't know. My brain had a fart and it just like, was like, these are the pronouns you should use. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I still like, I, in my head, I was like beating myself up all, d- all day. But like out loud, I just said, I'm sorry and moved on because I didn't want to draw right. attention to the misgendering yeah. and make it a big thing that, that the person had to like sit through my apology and endure that and then also have everyone who is with us focus on the misgendering of them and then like yeah basically out them as trans even though they are a very out person so yeah exactly (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. so like it it, like you never want to make the apology about you but like it's super great to like enable allies to know what to do in their worst case scenario (laughs) Mm -hmm. because like otherwise like it can feel very jarring for them like oh i have to do this correct thing and i did it wrong oh my god i'm I'm, 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 gonna give up no you can't hold on come back Uh, a lot of times i feel like the apology becomes like like them trying to convince you that they're not a bad person Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. not actually about like apologizing and like making it better for the person that was offended it's about trying to convince the person that you offended that you're not an offensive person all the time that you made a mistake yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I knew somebody, I, I'm pretty sure it was, like, at work where I was talking to them about a co-worker's, like, pronouns, and and they ended up being, like, oh, like, um, oh, okay, well, if I'd known, like, I would have done this and, like, that, and, like, I mean, like, I'm, like, really, like, open-minded about all that stuff. Like, I love flamboyant gay men, and I'm just, like, ooh, <laughs> 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 gotta get out of here, gotta get out of here, <laughs> run. <laughs> Boy, oh, you gotta run. Yeah, no, I, I went into fight or flight mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the queer person as an accessory and like the like petting zoo mentality of like mm-hmm. uh, queer bar tourism. 
is just super fun Ooh. dealing with with cis straight people. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Oh boy. <laughs> Actually, one of the weirdest things about that, like queer tourism um, and like straight women coming to gay bars, yeah. is I've noticed that a lot of gay men, gay cis men are very like hostile towards all femme women or people oh. who they read as femme women. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, like, but there are like people who appear as or present as femme women in the queer community yeah. who do yeah. belong here and you're just being mean to them now. Yeah. Or there's people who you might think they're a woman, but they're not. They mm. could be one of the bajillion other genders there are. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like I fully appreciate the um, resentment toward like the gay tourism, but also we can't then take that to mean that we can just then assume somebody's gender by looking at them being in a bar. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, we can be on the defense without hurting people in our community. (laughs) Well, we can, we can also shut down behaviors rather than shutting down people. Mm. So like if, if there's a, a femme presenting person in a bar, not bothering anyone, just kind of enjoying themselves and being respectful, then yeah. what's the point in bothering them? True, true. Until they do something problematic, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, touch touch gay men inappropriately because they're like, well, it's like, you don't really care. Like, I don't know. That's usually the opposite, but. <laughs> oh, no. No, I, <laughs> yeah, like gay I've, men touching I've seen it all over the place. It's like, no. It's, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, like, even if, even if they are a straight woman, just, if they're just chilling at the bar and just. Hanging oh, yeah. out, great. Yeah, they might cool. even they might even be there to support a queer friend. Yeah, yeah. Who know? Yeah. Who know what they're doing? Although I do Just think kick out obnoxious people. I do think that queer people do need to be more mindful of of friends who they bring to the bars. Like it's like, are they actually an ally? Have you talked to them about like what kind of space they're entering? Have you prepped them or just be like, we're going to have some fun. Like, come on and out and like, let's just do this. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. So that's part true. of it is like, if we're like, we of course all bring straight cis people into bars because we have friends who are not like, not all of our friends are queer and. Yeah. And no, that's hard to like, token sometimes. straight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when you yeah, want I to mean, bring your token straight, you also got to let them know what it is. They're about like what space they're getting into and what that entails. Yeah, and I mean Philly is a weird place because I like I have literally gone like days without seeing a straight person outside of like <laughs> outside of work <laughs> or like yeah. customer service kind oh, of the interactions. <laughs> the when we were uh, thinking because uh, every April Fools we interview a cishet person uh, and like this <laughs> we only have done that two times like this. This past April was the second time. We're already running out. And we already were like, who are we going to talk to? <laughs> do, you, do you know anybody? I don't really know anybody. <laughs> Getting less and less. Uh, you've lived in multiple cities, as you mm-hmm. said before. Um, do you, is there any sort of, like, differentiation between them in terms of, like, queer environment spaces? Oh my gosh. Well, they're all very different. Well, I, so I used to live in Newark, and that was I was in college at the time. So a lot of it was, like... I was in college. A lot of my a lot of my friends were gay, but that's because the Gay Straight Alliance. And then also, right. it was a college that was eighty percent men. And so my friend actually had this something called clownfish theory, where they just like a lot of these guys are actually more like on the bi spectrum, but they like have more gay tendencies because there's less women for them to date. So they just like kind of oh. are more queer to begin with, right. <laughs> or like guys who are really like I don't know, really into women wouldn't agree to come to a eighty percent male campus i don't know i don't know if that's quite true but right there's a lot of gay people at my college and then 
after that, I moved to um, Los Angeles, which has plenty of queer people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, LA's fine. <laughs> and I was working in, in education, which um, in higher education, it's it's mostly uh, white gay men and black women with, of course, a few outliers, but sure. that's like the majority of who is in the field. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to just kind of always know queer people. But Philly is like the first place where like I like had like a hundred percent of my friend group being queer folks. Ooh. And it's like it's a very strange place to be. Like when I lived in Chicago, I was like eighteen, so I wasn't like really involved in like sure. the mm. the neighborhood out there, which is called Boys Town, which <laughs> has right. a problem of itself. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like Philly and Chicago are one of the few cities that uh, L.A. also had um, West Hollywood, but I lived right. so far from there, oh, and it, it was a pain in the butt to get out there. Um, but yeah, like Philly is strange because the neighborhood is right in center city it's very easily accessible from anywhere in the city like all the train lines kind of lead there mm-hmm. um and there's just a lot of different things happening within the community that it's really easy to socialize and meet people yeah but i will say like the one weird thing about philly is that it's like it is the city of brotherly love not the city of stranger love so like if you were to go into like a gay bar by yourself and started talking to people they would look at you like you had three heads like, who are you? Like, what's going on? It's like, you have to go with someone else who then introduces you to their friends. And it's like, you kind of have to network with the connections that you already have. And then the more people you know, the more people you get to know. And then you know everybody all of a sudden. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, like, sort of, like, halfway in that. Where, like, I don't even actively engage with Philly Nightlife. But just, like, the queer people I know who then, like, introduce me to other queer people. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just, like... Like, I have a bunch of Facebook friends of people who do burlesque, and I don't really watch a lot of burlesque. <laughs> well, it's, it's a just, domino effect. It's a domino effect. I just have met a bunch of people who do burlesque. I just met Corey yeah. on Friday, and, like, we just met for the first time. Yeah. But we've known each other for, like, at least a year through, like, just online circles. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like... We both just kind of have this moment, like, this is the first time we've actually ever met. Like, next time, like, send me a Facebook request. Like, we'll actually be friends on Facebook. But, like, yeah. we've just known each other, like, because we have so many friends in common, so many Facebook groups mm-hmm. in common. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, what is something you would like to tell cis straight people for the very last time, and then you never have to hear about it again? Uh, Really? Yeah, there's just so many things. And I've I've also said so many of these things on my Facebook. Like, I post these long rants, and I don't think any of them read it. But a lot of gay people read it and be like, yes, this is, I agree with this so much. So I hope that cis people are, cis straight people are also reading it. But um, I think one of the biggest things is that, is that um, don't put the burden on queer and trans folks to explain everything to you and Mm -hmm. understand that we don't always want to put in the emotional labor to educate you, especially after you've upset us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, as an educator, it's really frustrating because they're like, well, you're an educator. You do this all the time. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I do this all the time. And when I'm out having a beer, like I don't want to talk about like politics and like just all the like stuff happening within the community and all like this. It's just too much. I don't yeah. want to be educating you on pronouns when I'm trying to have a beer with my friends. Like it's, you're off the clock. Yeah. Unless they're going to pay you like screw that. Yeah. <laughs> Basically I started putting my Venmo out there. I'm like, you can pay me if you want me to teach you some yes. of these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how to do it. I think like so much of that comes from like 
and I, as somebody who is very vocally queer, and like now most of my Facebook is also rants that I'm not sure whether cishet people are reading or not. <laughs> but now having done that, the price for that is people think that being gay is my hobby. Like, they think it's, like, an activity I do, and, like, I'm, like, super awesomely, like, ready to engage with at any second, so, like, I want to read that cool article you sent me about, like, this biphobic person or whatever, and it's, like, mm. yeah, no, mm. I'm really tired, actually. <laughs> my favorite my favorite tactic is, like, asking before sending things, like, mm. just, like, sending a message and saying, like, do you have, like, the emotional capacity to read this thing or can I ask you a question before just yeah. asking it? Yes. Like don't come into my DMs and drop this paragraph long thing and yeah. rant. Like I I'm probably out doing something and then this message, like I look at my notifications, like I probably shouldn't, but uh, sometimes I can get a notification on my phone and it just like derails my entire day because I'm just like, oh, this message just I have to deal with this, especially if someone's in crisis. It's like, uh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to make an art gallery of all of the paragraph long DMs I've received from <laughs> cishet people. And some of them are well natured and fine. And like the conversation goes great, but that's still labor. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's... <laughs> that's still energy and time. It's, and thought. <laughs> but the worst ones are who are combative. It's like, uh, it's mm -hmm. like, I have no experience, experience in this. Can you tell me what like your experience is? And then they tell you your experience is wrong. And it's like, wait, so you've never experienced this, but you know, my experience is wrong, even though I have experienced this because you are a cis white man. So you just know everything, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> One time, I uh, somebody had posted something about abortion, but made it very like woman centric, and I like commented like, abortion is not a woman centric issue. There are a lot of other people who deal with this, like mm -hmm. reproduction rights are not woman exclusive. And then she deleted the comments, and oh, then sent me a Facebook message asking me for advice on how to like I don't know talk to trans students or something, and I'm like. Well, if you're not willing to listen to trans people when we talk, that's sort of step one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think they understand. Well, I mean, the, that's a whole other level. <laughs> it's just like, I don't think they understand, like, the exhaustion that yeah. can happen, too. Or it's like, just like, oh, because you talk about this, you must always want to talk about this. Yeah. Or it's like, I just remember a friend tagged me. Like, th two different people tagged me on this article that was just about, like, sexism in comics. And they're like, you're a woman, read this. <laughs> kind of a thing. Cool. And I was just like, no. And they're like, oh, why not? I'm like, I'm so tired. <laughs> why would I want to make myself sadder? Yeah. Oh, my God, that's why I have not watched The Handmaiden's Tale. <gasps> oh, my God, I have exactly not watched I, like, The Handmaiden's Tale. I, like, can't bring myself to watch it. I feel like I'm already living it. So why what? would I want to watch that? Like, when I watch TV and movies and media, I want to watch, like, happy queer stories. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, mm -hmm. the world itself is depressing enough. I don't want to watch a depressing movie about, like, mm -hmm. gay people dying. And, like, it's it's just, like, Amen. no. Yeah. And I'm tired of watching media with straight cis people all the time. True. I definitely, like, as an artist, always feel like there is a... The audience has the ability to decide when or if they engage with what you're presenting based on if they have that literal exact experience you're talking about. Like, all the stuff that's, like, racism exists, and then, Ugh. like, people of color are, like... Duh. Yeah, maybe we're not the demographic <laughs> for this information. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, not it. 
<laughs> not everything is going to be your demo. <laughs> if your movie is just like homophobia is bad, maybe then like all the all the gay people are going to be like, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> cool. We also like already have so many stories of like gay tragedies and queer mm-hmm. tragedies. Like we have Boys Don't Cry with, and like the Matthew yeah. Shepard story, Leonard Project. We yeah. have so many stories mm. of tragedy and like coming out means that your family rejects you mm-hmm. and your friends reject you and it's all this mm-hmm. hardship. And we have so few mm-hmm. of those like being queer can be an awesome experience and a great, fun, like wonderful life. Yeah. Um, except for like in really campy, poorly done movies. <laughs> And so, like, there's a few, like, uh, my favorite movie of all time is is The Way He Looks. It's a Brazilian film about a blind gay boy who falls in love with his best friend. And it's oh. so cute. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, it's it's my favorite. casually Google that right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, while you do that, uh, Vincent, what is on your gay agenda? Uh, my gay agenda really involves getting the LGB community on board with the trans and non-binary community. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> the amount, whoops, yeah, <laughs> really, the the amount of transphobia that I see within the LGB community is outrageous, mm-hmm. and I feel like this happens so often throughout the margins of society. Like as we move forward in civil rights movements, um, it just it, there's always like the group that's still on the margins, even though it's been around for decades centuries whatever yeah um i feel like there was i feel like there's a lot more by acceptance than there was a decade ago yeah um i feel like there's a lot more acceptance of binary trans people than there was a decade ago mm-hmm. um but i think a lot of times it's just like why can't we just be accepting of everyone in the community instead mm-hmm. of taking these baby steps yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. There's like a sort of cognitive dissonance that happens with like a group gets like rights and then they're like, super, we got the rights, mission accomplished, oppression over, and everybody yeah. else is like, well, no, like how like the marriage equality laws were passed, but like there can't be marriage equality if disabled people lose financial support when yeah. they get married. Yeah. Well, but also like marriage equality was really the, the, first thing put forth by the HRC because they were funded by mm-hmm. wealthy white men. Mm-hmm. And HRC is doing a lot to kind of grow and move away from that now um, because like they've gotten a lot of criticism for that. So it's, yeah. but at the same time, like when, when a lot of the money and funding is only coming from wealthy people, you're kind of beholden to their interest and their wants. So yeah. a lot of the movements are going after things that are important to that demographic rather than the things that are really affecting the most marginalized. So we have like homeless youth, youth committing suicide. Like we have all these bigger problems than marriage equality, but marriage equality was the thing we put through first. Yeah. Mm. And then when you look at like ENDA, we cast aside the trans community to put forward rights for LGB people to be mm-hmm. not discriminated against in the workplace. Yeah. Um, and then it didn't work anyway. So it's like, so you basically took off the, the, we're like, well, it has a better chance of passing if we just remove trans people and then they, we just push it through. Nope. No, no. But like, this is like a, like throughout the history of movements, this has happened. Like the reason that the trans community is within the LGBT community is because the women's movement didn't want trans women. And so trans women went to spaces where they could feel safe, which was gay bars, which were 
underground illegal spaces. Mm-hmm. And then they wound up leading the LGBT movement with Stonewall. Like the yeah. trans women of color were the ones who led the movement. Yeah. And then as soon as that kind of gained traction, they were cast aside for the for the goods of the majority. Yeah. And then there's now there's now binary trans people who have been visible and have been like out there doing all this like fighting and, and working who now look at non-binary trans people and say like, well, where were you? And it's like, well, we didn't know we existed. A lot of us, cause we didn't have the vocabulary yeah. and the work that you did allowed us to find who we are. And we should meet us with open arms rather than being like, well, you are not trans enough or you're not this enough. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I, I find it very fascinating to look at political movements like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, Within the trans community, I think it's kind of an interesting thing to look at non-binary people and how it's just been a, in the past few years, we've seen a lot more non-binary people come forward and just kind of come out. And I think part of that is trans, binary trans people were coming out much earlier because it was like there was so much dysphoria living within their own gender that they like needed to transition. They needed to do something. And I think it was a little for non-binary people, it's a little bit easier to be like, it's not safe for me to present in this ambiguous way or to, and I don't feel that like urge to transition from one gender to the opposite gender in this binary system. So it's better just to kind of live as who I am. And maybe I'll just do little things with my appearance that make me feel less dysphoric, but not actually come out or I don't have the the vocabulary to call it this. I have a lot of theories that there's not (laughs) enough research to really say for sure. Um, But like, there's, there's a lot of research that's been done on trans women but there's not a lot of research that's been done on trans men. There's not enough research that's been on, done on um, non-binary people to even know how, like, our brains work. Yeah. So, like, there's just so, like, so much lack of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's something we have uh, put on the gay agenda in the past with uh, Kelsey from Gata Sciences, a person whose job it is to do research on queer people. We're, we always need more data because it'll... It'll help us. It'll behoove us yeah. to and have we, that research. And we need queer people doing the research so they can actually understand the context. Like when you have, yes. you need, mm-hmm. when you do like archaeological and like sociological experiments, if you don't understand the context of the society, you can't really understand what the impact of that data is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can't just have like cis straight scientists doing this research and like just trying to decipher it when they don't really understand the lived experience yeah. of queer and trans folks. It's really true. Great. Uh, game? Game time. All right. Okay, where did I put my... Here it is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So you are a drag performer. I am. Yes, and uh, your drag name is Barry Tyler Moore. Yes. Freaking delightful. (laughs) Yes, and that's bear, like teddy bear, like B-E-A-R. Like a lot of people are like Barry, like Barry White, Barry Manilow, like whatever. And I'm like, no, Barry, like it's it's, I have a beard. It's a joke. I have a beard. I'm like a hairy... Like a hairy gay person, like right. larger, like and Mary Tyler Moore, like it's a, get it, and they're like, oh, a lot of gay people and queer people get it, but then some don't. But a lot of straight cis people do not get it because I also don't know if they're familiar with like with the, the concept of a bear. bear. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I I had to explain bears to a cis het person recently, and then it evolved devolved into like me trying to explain like otters and things to them, and they were just. <laughs> So baffled. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, God it's, it's also weird as someone who doesn't identify as a man to kind of have these, like, titles that are associated with the gay male community. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, I could be like, oh, yeah, like a like a, a gay man that's hairy, but I'm not really a man, but I'm, like, a gay person that's hairy and bigger. But, like, 
not even really that hairy, just a beard. It's like a weird... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think in the same way that we're constantly shouting that we're gay, even though... Bye. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't use gay to identify, but I say I'm gay all the time. Literally, yeah. (laughs) Same, same, same. Because people, like, know the mood. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So... Um, since we were inspired to put together a little, a little bear drag game. Okay. <laughs> where I made a short list of types of bears, like the animal. Okay. And we're going to come up with either a drag name or a drag performance inspired by each type of bear. Okay. So I like we'll start it. with like, like a good old basic bear, like the grizzly. Grizzly bear. Grizzly bear. I'm thinking like of, um, oh my God, what is... Is it Grizzly Adams? Is that a name? Is that a thing? It's a thing. It's, isn't that like the... Is that one of those guys who has a show where he, like, survives in the wild? And no, that's Bear Girls. Bear Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I got the bear part. <laughs> I'm looking up Grizzly Adams, and it says I don't have internet here. So. <laughs> well, if you want to log on to my internet, um, it, it is... Use our um, phones. Hold on. Well, no, so my, so my, my internet um, Wi-Fi uh, is named... Home sweet homo, yes. Or Blessings. or caber gay sauvignon. <laughs> oh my god, love it! All right, uh, James Grizzly Adams, um, is a fiction a frontier woodsman who fled into the mountains after he was wrongly accused of murder. Oh, <laughs> well, while struggling to survive, Adams saves an orphan grizzly bear cub he adopts and names Ben. <laughs> So, like, concept, a drag king named Grizzly Adam. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or, or like, the telling of the story of Grizzly Adams in an uh, interpretive dance. Yes. <laughs> With, like, a teddy bear or, like, a baby gay from the audience. <laughs> you, like, yes. Hold the and they're, they're the Ben of the night. Yes. <laughs> All right. We did it. Wonderful. Adopt an audience member. Yeah. Yeah. See, I just Legally, bring the paperwork. I like that so much more than, like, because my, my garbage brain was just, like, Grizzly McGuire. Is that anything? Like, <laughs> Lizzie McGuire? No. <laughs> I didn't say it was good. I actively said the opposite, actually. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Polar bear. <laughs> Amy Polar. But spelled polar like polar bear. <laughs> yes. Wearing lots of, like, white fur. Yes. Or, like, Amy Polaris, like Amy Sedaris. Oh. oh, there's a lot of good Amy's for this. Yeah, one. Polaris gets you into some cool like star stuff. Too. Yeah, like Ice Queen. Like yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah, because you got the polar. You got the polar like the stars. You also got polar like the the caps of the world, which are cold. So you can do like Ice Queen. Yes. You can do like nebulas and fun space stuff. Fuck uh, yeah! I want to see all of these already. Um, <laughs> okay, are you familiar with a, a species called the sun bear? Yes. They're real goofy looking. They yeah, they are really tongues. goofy looking. Sun bears. Sun bears. <laughs> I pulled up a picture for my own bemusement, so enjoy. Oh, they're delightful. <laughs> Everybody listening, just go look up a sun bear. I think I've made that call to action before on this podcast. <laughs> okay, the picture you just showed me yeah. had like weird like shape of its head that kind of looked like... um 
like the wig I always see Whoopi Goldberg wearing on, or like her hair. I just not, I'm not even sure if it's a wig, right? But the way that she styles her hair, so like the first thing that popped my mind was Whoopi Goldberg. <gasps> Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg. How is that not already a performer? Like, <laughs> I'm just taking a second. We're given a lot of like, if you're a budding drag performer, <laughs> we're throwing out a lot of IP here. You could just go, and we have no trademarks, so have fun, I guess. It's <laughs> <laughs> gotta be like just a whole bear themed night now with bear performers and uh, panda, panda bear, panda bear. Yes. Oh, the first thing that popped in my mind was Panda Express. I wonder if there's a pun that we can work with Express. Um, we you, we can follow in that trend where like every like gender uh, non-conforming performer does the X at the end of like the stuff, so it could be like Panda Express. I actually do have a great name. It just popped in my head. Do it, Panda Depressed. <laughs> oh. I'm just like an emo performer who just oh. like just always sings like early 2000s emo like and scene music yes <laughs> no and then like the really big like really eyeliner, big black eyeliner eyes and like yeah oh, like um i'm thinking of like there's a philly performer named plexiglass that has really right. thick black eyeliner but like we did like bigger and yeah. like and did like the clown white makeup on the rest of the face yeah perfect perfect oh my gosh but i feel like they would need to be asian because otherwise it's just like appropriation i mean, yeah. I mean much like There's the so Whoopi many... gold bear yeah thing <laughs> which again like if you want to go ahead go ahead we can't use those so have I, a blast <laughs> i need to see Whoopi gold bear in a show next year like come on yeah i feel like like pandas are so like aligned with or not like aligned but associated with china that you can't like yeah plus like panda like, express v yeah like, yeah i mean chinese the fast food. food of chinese but yes but like their honey walnut shrimp is so good like i crave it sometimes <laughs> honey walnut shrimp would also be a great drag name yeah okay <laughs> into it yeah but it has to be like a tiny person, so shrimp was like as like a joke about like how small, small they are. Very yeah. short. Person. Yeah, like a person that's like under five feet tall. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this last one's a little tricky. Okay. Because it's not actually a bear. Okay. It's like uh, a red panda. It wasn't gonna be, but like now it might have to be. <laughs> well, well, we already did panda though. What was yours? Koala. Koalas. Okay. Koala bears who are not actually bears. They're marsupials. Yes. Indeed. Is there something there? Hmm. <laughs> like, I'm trying to do something with, like, the fact that it sounds like quality. I was thinking, like, underqualified. <laughs> <laughs> See, there it is. Maybe it's a drag number, not as a persona. Yeah. I mean, well, what would that look like? Um, so, like, you go in, like, for an, a job interview and you're underqualified, but then they pronounce it wrong, like, underqualified. Right. And then they do a whole number about, like, koalas, like, not needing jobs because they just, like, lay in trees and eat eucalyptus all day. Yes. I can fuck with that. <laughs> get up on the stage, but then get up on a fake tree and just yeah. lay there for the whole number with some eucalyptus. And you're like lip syncing, <laughs> but like lazily. Yes. Oh my God. And for oh, any panda numbers, I feel like you just sit there and just like eat leaves and things and then just like accidentally fall over because you just like forgot how to sit for some set for reason. Have you ever watched pandas? That's what they do. They just sit there all day. Yeah. And they try to climb something and then fall off of it. Yeah. yeah. That's literally all pandas do. I have beef with pandas. Pandas have a lot of issues. (laughs) I want to see a panda, a panda number where you have somebody like, you have like the, the go-go dancers coming up and like shoving their butt in your face and and dancing all sexy. And you're just like, nah, but this, this bamboo though. (laughs) Really, uh, 
having a meal here, so <laughs> thanks, I guess, but... Yeah. Fun fact about koalas, like, all of them have STDs. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> huh. They literally eat and, like, fuck all day. It's a, it's a problem for Can them. Can I say fuck on this podcast? Yeah, but it's like, explicit. Okay, yeah. I was like, ooh. Yeah, no, yeah, koalas got some social issues. <laughs> uh, they also have two thumbs per hand. Really? That's just a fun fact. One on each side, or, like, are they right next to each other? Like, right next to each other, so it's just, like, yeah. Double huh. thumbs. That's unsettling. I well, don't know why that would be helpful. It's for grasping trees. I can also grasp a tree. I mean, sloths gra- grasp trees, and they only have three fingers. Look, I'm not Jen. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Doctor Evolution over here. Like, I'm just here to they talk didn't about create koalas. Didn't create koalas. They just like are telling us facts about them. Yeah, no. If I created koalas, I wouldn't be proud in telling that fact to anyone. So, like, <laughs> just rename this podcast "Stupid Animal Facts." <laughs> Yeah. I could host that podcast. I'm yeah. prepared. I'm qualified. Yeah. God damn it. All right. Well, now the podcast is canceled. So that's that just wrapped that up so fast. Whoops. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. Great. So thanks for chatting us with us, Vincent. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Um, yeah, so um, a bunch of trans and non-binary performers got together and created a show called Gender Query, and it is yeah. the first Friday of every month at Stir Lounge, and I am hosting a new show that we just had our first one um, last month, but we're coming back as a monthly show starting in May, the last Thursday of every month um, at Victoria Freehouse Upstairs Front Street Dive, right, Yeah, and it is called Fresh Fruit. And it is oh, yeah. for people to try out new acts and like workshop them in front of an audience. Jen and is interested. Rather than we don't restrict it to any type of performance, um, and or like how long you've been performing, it's just for you to workshop up new ideas and try out new things. Um, and rather than most competitions where you get a prize for the winner, we actually split the door and tips amongst all the performers and pay everyone involved, and then the winner gets an additional booking at one of um, Retrograde Productions' other shows. Right. Oh my god. That's a great system. Yeah, we're like, we should pay people for their labor, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Ooh, I'm showing up. (laughs) Jen's there. All right. All right. Is it? Uh, Yeah. Uh, um, If you want to make more bear puns at me or have me make bear puns at you, find me on Twitter uh, at underscore glittergoblin underscore. And from there, I link to my other social medias because I'm a narcissist. Great. Uh, And. If you liked us talking about bears for the last 12 minutes um, and you want to see us do that more, uh, you can find us on iTunes uh, while you're there. You can rate the show. You can subscribe. uh, Just share the link with all of your friends, um, especially your cishet ones so they know what's up. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, uh, My Gay Agenda Investigative Podcast, on Twitter, uh, the handle is GayAgendaCast, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash mygayagenda. Go to any one of those. <laughs> go, we're everywhere. We're all over, just go. Just go, go now. Go, run. What are you doing? <laughs> go, hurry. Until next time, put this on your gay agenda. Fight the power. Love yourself. Go Google some stupid animal facts. Yeah. And that's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. We just want to exist.
They can have like an icebreaker, you know? Yeah. Albatrosses can fly while sleeping. What? <laughs> that sounds dangerous. They're real good at it. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Fact number one. <laughs> Fact one, they have this skill. Fact two, they're good at it. (laughs) Don't forget to like and subscribe to my YouTube podcast about animal facts. God damn it.